Good morning. Good morning. It's Monday, a new week, the 10th day of July in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin today locating ourselves in the presence of God, which is at the feet of Jesus, the resurrected Lord of heaven and earth. He's at the right hand of God. He's physically embodied in the heavens. We're not praying to an invisible God here, but to our Lord who is unseen, right? You know the difference between invisible and unseen. Like right now, I can't see you, but you're not invisible. Right now, I can't see Jesus, but trust me, he's not invisible. He is enthroned at the right hand of God in the heavens. Very important to understand this. This is the whole doctrine of the ascension. We'll talk about it when we get to Acts coming up soon. More on that at the end. Anyway, let's pray. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. Jesus, we belong to you. We're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You remember from yesterday, we talked about this movement from consecration to transformation, which becomes application. Our title today over the entry is called Why We Must Pay Our Taxes. Boy, that feels like a left turn, doesn't it? This is Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Hear now the word of the Lord. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. The Word of the Lord Now consider this. 
we read Romans 13 with its admonition to be subject to the government, and our thoughts run to names like Bush and Obama or Trump and Biden, and we scratch our head. Let me share with you the real head-scratcher of today's text. Nero. The name alone evokes terror and horror. There are corrupt leaders, and then there are wicked leaders. Nero was undoubtedly both. Nero is the one who would blame the Christians for the burning of Rome and subject them to persecutions, perhaps unrivaled in all of history. This is the one who would nail Christians to crosses, cover them in tar, and then light them on fire to illuminate his gardens at night. Nero is reportedly the emperor who crucified the apostle Peter. Upside down, no less, at Peter's request. Let's be clear, though. At the time of this letter, things had not yet progressed to the levels of evil they ultimately would. Something tells me Paul foresaw it and wanted to avoid it, so he was taking a more measured approach here. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Paul is not trying to set up a theology or philosophy of church and state here. Romans chapter 13 is among the most perilous texts in the Bible because of the ways it is prone to abusive misinterpretation. From the divine right of kings to some of the United States immigration policy of recent years. The most critical thing to point out about what Paul says here is this. We are not being admonished to, quote, obey the government, but to be subject to the governing authorities. We must obey Jesus Christ alone. Submission and obedience are two different things. As we read further, we will discover this is about taxes. Paul is telling the Christians they must pay their taxes. Like Jesus, Paul is saying, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, which are the taxes owed, and render to God what is God's, which is not everything else, but everything to begin with. We pay taxes not because the government says we must pay taxes, but because Jesus says we must pay taxes. And Jesus says we must pay taxes because, as Paul writes, the authorities that exist have been established by God. This is the beginning of what it means to be subject to governing authorities. So, does this mean we have to be subject to unjust and ungodly laws? No, it does not. 
However, should we choose to disobey such laws, we must be subject to the penalties and punishments imposed by the government. In example, see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and a million martyrs in their wake. To say Jesus is Lord explicitly implies Caesar is not Lord. Now, just because Caesar is not Lord does not mean Caesar does not have a significant role and responsibility. God has given Caesar, and any other government for that matter, whatever power and authority it holds. These authorities are not merely subject to God, but they must obey God, and they disobey at their peril, for they will answer to God. This is not our concern. Our concern is that we, too, will answer to God. In closing, I repeat, Romans 13 is not meant to be a treatise on how the church relates to the state. Paul is not going there. I'm not either. I'll say more tomorrow and the next day. You already know this whole thing is a, is a minefield. And let's not blow ourselves up, okay? Let's just pay our taxes and keep the peace. We have a much larger job to do as the body of Christ than any government can conceive of. We are sowing a kingdom. We are sowing for a great awakening. The Prayer Abba Father, we understand the need for government, and even that it is instituted of God, and yet we struggle mightily with bad government. We struggle profoundly to submit to bad and especially wicked government. And yet we confess that what we see as bad government bears no comparison to what those first Christians endured. We begin with this. Jesus is Lord, not the government nor the governors. In Jesus' name we will submit to them by the power of the Holy Spirit. We trust you, Father. We need wisdom, counsel, restraint, and supernatural guidance. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question, how do you understand these teachings of Paul and Jesus for our contemporary context? Where do you struggle with them? Do you see the potential pitfalls of the church joining in league with the government? And for our hymn today, we're going to sing the great battle hymn of the Republic, Mine Eyes Have Seen the Glory. It's hymn number 283 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise, and you might want to stand for this one. 
Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. I have seen him in the watchfires of a hundred circling camps. They have builded him an altar in the evening dews and damps. I can read his righteous sentence by the dim and flaring lamps. His day is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free while God is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Our God is marching on. Amen. Well, that's a that doesn't get your blood moving. You need to back up the recording and sing it again. And something tells me I don't. I, I think I may have skipped a verse there. I can't. <laughs> I just got kind of lost in it, folks. So if I did, I apologize, and I'll make it up to you later. Listen, I've got a quick P.S. for us today. It's about our next series on the wake-up call. You've already heard, or maybe you missed it. We're going to be doing the Acts of the Apostles in our next series. We'll go all the way from chapter 1 to chapter 14. We're going to start this thing on August the 14th, a little over a month away. It'll take us all the way up to just before Thanksgiving in Advent. So it's going to be a, man, it's going to be a riveting journey. That That is the history of 
the first church and churches from the day of Pentecost, from the ascension to the day of Pentecost to this unbelievable story. And I'm so excited to get to help narrate that with you. Um, we'll do a chapter a week as, as we've done through Romans. And here's what I wanted to point out to you. We've got a new and improved wake-up call journal ready to send you on Acts chapters 1 through 14. Now, this is gonna this is not, you know, what I'm writing every day. That that text comes out later. This is the biblical text plus room for reflection and and prompts on engagement with the text. That's the most important things, guys. Not what I'm saying here, what the Bible's saying and how the Holy Spirit is is interpreting and infusing and informing you and and I'm just a a voice just like you. The Lord's speaking to me, the Lord's speaking to you. We're reading scripture together and the scripture is the key. This is why I want everybody to get one of these journals. Now, here's the good news. What we didn't like about that last journal in Romans was we had to use a a kind of a, a public domain Bible translation which was good, but it wasn't great. This time we have been granted permission to use the New International Version, which is not easy to get, and they've granted it to us. And so the same version that appears in the in the daily email will also be in the journal, and then there's going to be also a lot of helpful information that you may not know about Acts that will unfold through the thing. And uh, it's just, um, it's going to be a beautiful piece, too. So I'm going to be talking about it this week and, and maybe some next. But order your copy. The link is in today's email. Um, and certainly it'll be a blessing to you. Certainly it'll be to help to our little company, Seedbed Sewing for a Great Awakening. And um, I just want to urge you to do it. This whole project. The wake-up call before it, the daily text. The whole thing is about reading Scripture together as the people of God. So, let's call that a day, and I will get my seeds. You're going to get your seeds. We're going to head out. It's a new week. It's Monday. A lot of people are singing the Monday blues. No, sir, not us. We're like Jesus is risen from the dead, and he'll raise you up too. Wake up sleepers, right? I'll see you out there on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall. 